Hello, everybody, and welcome out to the Bonner Show. Today we have a nice clean slate. We're going to try to keep it short and sweet for you. Uh, We're going to cover week 13 of the NFL, week 14 now of the NFL, and we're going to discuss some NBA trades. So here we go. All right, so to start out this week, uh, we're going to recap week 13. Week 13, it looks like I went 12-3. and three. Uh, Some of the biggest games around were the Jets-Raiders game, where the Raiders look like they should have lost, but the Jets gave up the game for them. Uh, another big loss was probably the Steelers to the Washington football team. Uh, the Washington football team's defensive line is obviously one of the best in the NFL, uh, Chase Young and Montez Sweat both are very, very good players, and we saw that come out against a Steelers team who's had an, a hard time on offense this year. So for week 13, 12 and 3, that's not bad. I'll take that any any week of the year. But on to week 14, we have the 6 and 6 Patriots versus the 8 and 4 Rams on Thursday night. I look at this as a game that's a must win for both teams. The 6-6 six six Patriots are still in the hunt for the playoffs, and as many of you know, I am a big Patriots fan. So I am going to take them again this week. I know they are 6-6, six six, heading to LA, where the Rams have a very stingy corners, have very stingy defensive team altogether. But I think the Patriots somehow pull it out in a must-win game for both teams. Next game on the slate is the 4-8 Texans versus the 5-7 Bears. The Texans have been playing better as of late than they have earlier in the year. The Texans look to be better offensively. Defensively, they still have some big gaps, but offensively, they're looking a lot better. The Bears last week should have had a win. They should have beat the Lions. Uh, at, the end of the, at the end of the game, it looked like the Bears just kind of gave up and said, here, Lions, you can have the, have the win here. Uh, Matt Nagy is probably under a lot of heat and fire. He's on the hot seat right now, I'm sure. But the 5-7 and seven Bears defense will be a great matchup against the 4-8 Texans offense, but I'm going to take the Texans in this one. The next game on the slate is the 3-9 Cowboys versus the 2-9-1 Bengals. Andy Dalton's return to Cincinnati. This game will be a game, uh, obviously a very close game, two very big powerhouse teams. Uh, actually, both are bottom dwellers, the 3-9 Cowboys versus 2-9-1 Bengals. Uh, it looks it looks like the Cowboys are going to win this game. They put up a good effort against the Baltimore Ravens this week. Andy Dalton's back. He's out there throwing. He's doing his thing. Ezekiel Elliott's doing okay. Uh, the wide receivers core for the Cowboys looks good, but it is the uh, the defensive backs that that do look bad for the Cowboys there. But against a Bengals team without Joe Burrow, I don't think they'll have any issue. They should come out with this one. It should be a close game, but they should end up with the win. The 11-1 Chiefs versus the 8-4 Dolphins is next on our slate. This game is probably going to be a lot closer than a lot of people think. The Chiefs have played in a lot of close games this year. What that means is they're able to win and and come up clutch, and they're they're well-coached. They're disciplined. The 8-4 Dolphins are what would be their kryptonite. They have a good secondary. They, They play great on defense. They can serve the ball. They keep the ball at all times. Uh, I think the 8-4 and four Dolphins play this game really, really tightly, but I do think the Chiefs come out with the win on this one. 
Next on our slate is the 6-6 six and six Cardinals versus the 5-7 and seven Giants. Giants obviously had a huge win last week against the Seahawks, one that I would have not seen coming. But the Giants do still have Colt McCoy. Daniel Jones is questionable. Their defensive backs have started playing a lot better as of late. But I think the 6-6 six and six cards, they win this game. Kyler Murray has a big game. He's been battling that shoulder injury. If he keeps it up, that shoulder will hurt him against a lot of teams. But I think against the Giants, he'll be able to handle it. The Cardinals' defense does look pretty poor right now, but I'll take their offense over the Giants' offense, and that's why I'm going with the 6-6 six and six, six Cardinals this week. Next game is the 6-6 six and six Vikings versus the 7-5 and five Buccaneers. The 6-6 six and six Vikings have looked pretty intense these last couple weeks. They've played in a lot of close games. Uh, last week against the Jaguars, they won in overtime. They've played in too many close games. Still kind of a shock to me that they're at 6-6. Six and six. Kirk Cousins has played well, um, but the 7-5 and five Buccaneers have also had that, that same challenge. They've been in too many close games. They haven't really done too many things to separate themselves from the pack. I think the Buccaneers are the Vikings kryptonite, though. The Buccaneers' run defense is super, super good. They're very, they get after the ball very quickly. Tom Brady will secure the ball, not give Dalvin Cook and Kirk Cousins too many opportunities. I think the 7-5 and five Buccaneers win this game. Next game on the slate is the 4-8 Broncos versus the 4-8 Panthers. This is a game of two teams that aren't even looking into the playoffs. They're more looking into their future. Uh, the 4-8 Panthers, they're deciding whether they should keep Teddy Bridgewater. Should they start to look into another direction? The 4-8 Broncos are also looking at what they can do with Drew Locke and, and what Drew Locke can be for them. This is, this will be a close game. I know a couple players on the Panthers are under uh, the COVID-19 uh, protocol. So I am taking the Broncos in this game. I think it's going to be an insanely close game. The young Panthers defense is very, very good, but they're still young. I think the Broncos somehow edge this one out. Next game is the 8-4 Titans versus the 1-11 Jaguars. This game is a, a battle of division rivals, obviously, with the AFC South. Jaguars looking at 1-11 look good under Mike Glennon, but still haven't been able to pull out a win. Uh, the 8-4 Titans obviously come off a, off a big loss last week to the Cleveland Browns, but they're, they're still good. They still have Derrick Henry. They still have Tannehill. They still have all their weapons that they need. I think the Titans handle this one against the Jaguars this week. Next on the slate is the 8-4 Colts versus the 7-5 Raiders. I've been on the Raiders bandwagon this whole year. I, uh, they have a defensive line that is underrated in my opinion. They don't get a lot of sacks or a lot of forced fumbles, but they're always putting pressure on the quarterback. They've Mike Mayock and John Gruden have done a great job bringing in high-character guys that know what they need to do, that p- play their position, play their role. And the 8-4 and four Colts are kind of a, a random team. Their defense has been very, very awesome. Uh, we're still not sure about Phillip Rivers. He's obviously a, has a great track record of being a good quarterback, but when it comes down to the big moment, how is he going to fare? I think with the Colts' run offense, with what they do on defense, they'll be able to hold those 7-5 and five Raiders this week, put the Raiders a little bit closer to being out of that playoff push. I'm taking the 8-4 and four Colts. Next game on the slate is the 0-12 Jets versus the 8-4 Seahawks. The Jets 
last week basically said they are tanking for Tua. They were up, they were up by a, a couple points there against the Raiders. I think it was four points, and they let Jerry Judy just go down. Or sorry, not Jerry Judy, Henry Ruggs go down, get the get a streak. He's basically a streak burner. You never see him run over the middle. If, if you see Henry Ruggs on the field, you know he's going over the top every single time. And they just let him go. They obviously fired Greg Williams after after that zero blitz there. But I think the Jets should just tank for Trevor Lawrence at this point. They should secure him over allowing the Jaguars any hope at getting him. And the 8-4 and four Seahawks also have, have been struggling lately. They Russell Wilson has looked a hasn't looked like himself. He he's been going out and doing his thing, but it just hasn't been what Russell Wilson's done. I don't there's something missing there. I still take the 8 and 4 Seahawks in this game, but it's probably a little bit closer than we think it's going to be. It's not going to be a 21-point blowout, but I do think it's going to be a Seahawks win. The next game is the 9 and 3 Packers versus the 5 and 7 Lions. Uh, last week I talked about the Lions coming in with a little bit more passion after uh, Matt Patricia was fired. I do like Matt Patricia as a coach. I just don't know if he was the right fit for this Lions team. Uh, the 9-3 and three Packers obviously have played really well. It seems like they're playing scrappy in a lot of games. A lot of people have Aaron Rodgers as the MVP candidate right there next to Mahomes. And, and I kind of watch their games and I kind of see a lot of scrappy plays, a lot of just do whatever they have to to win. And that comes from Aaron Rodgers. And that's why he does get that MVP hype. I don't know if I would put him as an MVP, but that's where he gets the hype from is his control of the game. I think the Packers win this one against the division rival Lions, but it's going to be a good game there. Probably a must-watch in my opinion. The 10-2 Saints are up next. They're going against the 3-8-1 Eagles. I like what the Eagles did last week in the fourth quarter. They brought in Jalen Hurts. I'm a big fan of Jalen Hurts. I Like I said, I don't think he has the biggest arm or he's the most accurate quarterback, but he is a winner, and that's what you want. Any team at a quarterback position wants somebody who will go out and do whatever it needs to win. And on the opposite side for the Saints, Drew Brees has been talked about about coming back this week. I would keep him out if I were the 10-2 and two Saints. This is not a must-win game. It's a nice-to-win game against a not-as-great opponent. But I would keep Taysom Hill in, give him another week to really show what he's about, and then bring Drew Brees back in for the for the game next week, which is a much bigger game, and we'll talk about that next week. But I think the 10-2 Saints handle this one. They beat Jalen Hurts, which I'm sad about. I like Jalen Hurts. I'm voting for Jalen Hurts. I'm on his team, but he loses this one in his first start. Next game on the slate is the 4-8 Falcons versus the 3-9 Chargers. Falcons' defensive backs have not been good this year. They've allowed a lot of plays that should not have happened. Uh, Matt Ryan is still a good player. He hasn't looked as good, but when he has Calvin Ridley and Julio Jones, also Gage, obviously you're getting a lot of good wide receivers and he can move the ball around and do his thing. It's just that the defense sometimes has, has a problem keeping the ball in front of them. The three and nine chargers last week got blown out by my team, the Patriots. Uh, I think it was just an off week for the team. Anthony Lynn's in his hot seat right now. I think the Chargers come out and win this one. I think Herbert has a bounce back game throwing to Mike Williams, Keenan Allen, uh, Hunter Henry, and all of his receivers against this poor defensive backs and, and, and linebackers of the Falcons. I think the Chargers win this game. 
Next on the slate is the 5-7 Washington football team versus the 5-7 San Francisco 49ers. This game is going to be a close game. Nick Mullen should still be playing for the 49ers. I think he played well this last week. Uh, For Washington, Alex Smith controlled the ball and he let his defense do what he needed to do. I think this is a close game. I think the Washington football team edges it out and takes control of the NFC East at 6-7, and seven, potentially looking to go into it, uh, a 500 record in the next couple weeks, and they win the NFC East. Uh, I like the Washington football team. I like their defense. I like what they're doing on defense. Ron Rivera is a great coach. He's disciplining these guys. They're doing whatever they have to to win, and that's what I like to see. The 49ers are are just injured. That's that's their biggest problem. If they didn't have injuries this year, I'd probably have them as a Super Bowl can, uh, candidate, maybe a conference finals uh, candidate, but this year it's just not their year. They're focusing on next year. I give the Washington football team the win this week. Next up is the now 11-1 and Steelers versus the 9-3 and Bills. This game is a great game. We saw last week about... Uh, Ben Roethlisberger and how he couldn't move the ball and what he was doing there. Uh, We saw how great the defense was, obviously, against Washington, and they're always great, but you can only be so great without your offense's help. Uh, Obviously, Washington was able to shut down the run and then force uh, Roethlisberger to throw a lot of passes that were errant. I think this game against the nine and three bill or the nine and three bills versus the eleven and one Steelers is probably the game of the week. If you can watch one game this week, this is the one I'd watch. And I think Josh Allen, who is a red zone threat, goes out and wins this game against the Steelers, gives them their second loss, and, and Josh Allen goes, goes home and really takes home the uh, the AFC East title for one of the first times in my life that the, the New England Patriots haven't won it. Next on our slate and final is the 7-5 Ravens versus the 9-3 Browns. The Browns last week, Baker Mayfield looked awesome. He looked... Uh, some of his throws were still wounded ducks. I don't like the way the ball comes off of his hand and and what it does in the air, but he was finding his players before they were getting to their spot. He was reading, he was reading the defense. He was doing everything there, which is a really good sign for the Browns in the future. The seven and five Ravens just came out and beat a Cowboys team where whose defense is pretty lackluster right now. They just got Lamar Jackson back from COVID. Mark Andrews, is still going to be questionable for the game due to COVID restrictions. I do think the 7-5 and five Ravens come in and beat this divisional opponent, the 9-3 and three Browns, and keep their playoff hopes alive. I think what the Ravens are going to do with Lamar Jackson, Dobbins, Edwards, Mark Ingram, they'll be able to work around the Browns, the Browns' bread and butter and, and hold the ball and do whatever they need to against these Browns, and they'll end up with the win. So that's our cover for week 14 in football. We'll see how we do next week, but on to some NBA trades. First off, let's just touch base real quick on Russell Westbrook. Russell Westbrook got traded from the Houston Rockets for John Wall. If you know, if you listen to the pod, you know I love John Wall. I think this is a win-win for both teams. Russell Westbrook brings in passion and everything you want, leadership, intensity to a young team in the Wizards who have Hachimura, uh, they have Denny Avidia, they have Bradley Beal. They have a young team that he can really bring this fire and passion to. 
Whereas the John Wall to, to Rockets team will be a, a great pickup there too. It, it secures if Harden leaves, which we'll talk about here in a second, it secures that they still have a potential star. John Wall is fast. He's He can do a lot of things. The question his whole career has been, can he shoot a three-pointer? I think he's worked on that a ton in the last couple of years, especially since he's been, been out with his leg injuries. But I think the John Wall-Russell Westbrook swap, contrary to popular belief, was actually a good a good trade for both teams. It really brings in fresh faces and, and fresh life for both of these teams. Uh, Russell Westbrook did have a repertoire with Harden before he even got to the Rockets, whereas John Wall is coming in fresh. Uh, this will be a great a great trade for both teams. I don't know if I see the Rockets in the playoffs if Harden leaves, but John Wall will will go out and he'll be a good leader. He's a little quieter than Westbrook, probably not as intense, but I love what he does. Speaking of John Wall and the Rockets, I want to talk about the hot topic of the week. Will James Harden leave? There has been speculation that James Harden wants to leave Houston. It said he wanted to leave for Brooklyn. Um, I don't know how sure I am that the Rockets are willing to give him up. And I don't know how sure I am of if I'm Harden on the leaving the Rockets. This is a place where you've made your name. You have your, your own team to yourself, really. Uh, John Wall's coming in, but but you have control of the team right now if you're Harden. Uh, he didn't show up to training camp early this week, but we'll see where it goes. I have a couple of trade ideas that could work for the Rockets, um, and here they are. First off, I have Ben Simmons, probably J.J. Redick, and a couple of picks for Harden. How I see this benefiting both teams. I think James Harden could come in and really free up Joel Embiid to do what he does best. That's pick and roll and be around the basket. James Harden will free up a lot of space for Embiid. It could be a really great uh, trade for for the 76ers, even though they may lose a a potential franchise-changing player like Ben Simmons. It it could be the win now attitude that they need for with Doc Doc Rivers and in the previous uh, relationship with Daryl Morey for James Harden. Next, I have kind of some a team I've talked about a lot this offseason. They just have so many valuable assets and so much that they can do. But that's the Celtics. If the Celtics really are in a win now situation where they want to put an MVP caliber type player around Tatum and, and their other players there they could go out and get Harden. I looked into the salary caps a little bit. What it would take to get Harden would be Brown plus Marcus Smart, really, and then probably a couple picks. They have a lot of their picks here. So I think if you could swing something with Brown plus Smart for Harden, it could be something that the Celtics look into as they want to win now. It's Danny Ainge's goal to just go out and win. He wants to be the best franchise in the world, and and he thinks he can do it. I love that about him. He's confident, but he is willing to ship crucial pieces around no matter what. Last team I thought about with, this is the only team really with a cap cap room to work around getting Harden, and that's the New York Knicks. I think Harden would probably love being in New York. He would thrive in the New York lifestyle. Just not sure about the teammates around him. I haven't really looked into salary cap or anything there. But if you could maybe get uh, a Knox, Dennis Smith, uh, 
Mitchell Robinson and some picks for Harden. You could maybe swing that, especially since they do have cap room right now since they did sign a lot of veterans onto a one-year contract. And if they get Harden, they can bring in another potential star player next year. I think the Knicks could be a potential potential trade location for Harden and, and what he wants to look at. Next year, there will be a couple free agents that like Giannis that could want to leave to New York and, and be in New York with James Harden. So we'll see what happens there. That's all I have for you this week. Hopefully it's a great week. Keep up with me on on those picks in the NFL. Keep up with me on the the hardened trade, and we'll see what happens. Thank you guys for listening.